I caught a fleeting glimpse. It's all I can muster. As I crawl out the desert, babbling and flustered. Dry January. Dry January. I was in a dry country and a dry desert for most of January. You know what they served us in day one? 10% lager. We thought that we would like that because we were Scottish. This is what you're up against. They gave an Italian couple a nice glass of red wine. We get 10% lager. That's super tea on stilts. That's heartburn in a can. I was bordering on being insulted and explaining to the waiter that super tea is for elderly alcoholics and their families. They spent years building up to that beverage. Still drank it though. Didn't want to be rude and didn't want to let the side down. Scotland! Also drank some ouzo that a great guy offered us. I hate ouzo, but I had to partake because the English couple in front of us that were offered it before us refused his very kind offer. In other words, they shat it. And we knew what we had to do and fly the flag for you, Scotland! But we ruined our glorious reputation when we hit London and took way too much advantage of an all-you-can-eat buffet. Well, we were hungry and it was expensive, so we did what we could. We did what you would probably expect. And everyone in the room somehow knew we were Scottish. Does anyone want to buy any sugar or sauces? January is a long month, the darkest, longest month, so if you fail dry January, don't beat yourself up. Just try a dry Monday and take it from there. And Happy New Year. It doesn't matter what date it is when you're listening to this. This is you call that radio. Beat by LIGO. Afternoon, troubadours, and happy new year. Welcome to you, call that radio. I know some of you probably think it's too late to say happy new year at, at this time of January, but not, isn't it? People say a lot of things. Some people say you can't drink green tea, but you can. You can. I'm, I'm sipping on. It's not even green tea, it's peppermint tea right now they've got all sorts these days and even if you're listening to this late January mid-February late September I'm still wishing you a happy new year and I mean that it doesn't matter what time of day or time of the year you could be halfway through next year it doesn't matter I'm wishing you a very happy new year because it all starts right now people I'm actually Quite energised by the chat I had with Darren Connell, which is coming up in a wee minute. 
we recorded the Astronomic Studio. Check out his new video abruptly, by the way. It's a belter. See, he started the year off well. And so can you. I have a feeling this is going to be a good year for everyone. The year of no more rage is upon us. So learn a new word, buy a new hat, learn a new skill. My New Year's resolution is to fill out a form. Learn to fill out how to fill out a form. Because it's come to my attention that that's what a lot of artists do. They fill out forms, some guy rubber stamps it, and then they give you free money to record an album, go on like a tour of America or, or run a festival where you can actually pay people what they're worth. Imagine just filling out a form and then having a budget. <laughs> it's mental, isn't it? It's a real thing, apparently. So I'll be looking into that this year. And I also want to learn the skill of rice. Because I can cook rice. It took me a while, but I know how to cook rice. But I can never really work out how much rice I need to cook. I mean, sometimes it's too much rice. Sometimes it's not enough rice. But from now on, it will always be brown rice. Or maybe no race. I can't remember if I think all race is bad for you these days. So if let's just assume that everything is bad for you. You can't you can't do it all right. You've just got to make little changes. So just make wee changes. You've got this. We've we've got this. Let's have a cracking year. Even if you're only tuned in, in in November, start 2021 early, or just start 2020 late. It's only calendars, mate. It's all it's all calendars. Don't let them tell you what to do. This is your year. This is my year. I'm going to prove it by putting my... Ever, my I don't know, maybe I did it once. Maybe my third ever scratch card on. So you do the same. You win the money. And in fact, unless you're trying to cut out the gambling, then maybe avoid that. And just cut out all the bad stuff. Are you drinking too much beer? Or are you just maybe drinking the wrong beer? Maybe you just need to switch from 10, it's 10 IPA. Because I am told that organic bevy, I think it's organic bevy, is apparently better for you. Nay hangovers, so I'm told. Aye. No, I'm only joking. Just scrap, scrap all the beer. Green tea, peppermint tea. I ordered a, a free packet of craft beer because they give it to you for the cost of delivery and then hope you don't cancel your direct debit. So my plan is to drink the free craft beer, then cancel the DD and pretend beer doesn't exist anymore. So I, I've had a, a few beers in January. But that's all good. That doesn't January doesn't count, right? The year begins now. One, two, three. Boom. Welcome to the new year. Things are going to be a hell of a lot different from now on. Don't worry about politics. Don't worry about World War Three or a... Swine flu too. You, you can't stop any of that. You can't stop Trump being re-elected. But what can you do? You can do a star jump. Right? So after three. One, two, three. Star jump. Now you're talking. I didn't... This is kind of like my... Um, like my, my hug me Facebook status update. Because I was away. So I didn't really do one of those. You know, everyone does kind of like... Like an Oscar speech 
about saying, oh, I had an incredible year, like boasting, or they say that they had the shittest year. So it's like, I, uh, I achieved so much, but it was pish. My year was tougher than yours. People love that. It's like guaranteed likes, just either of that. I mean, they either love it or they pretend to love it. I'm not sure. Either way, you still get the dopamine hits for the Facebook likes, don't you? You get the retweets if you're on the Twitter. You get the retweets if you're a Twitter person. Uh, the most likes I ever had was when a pigeon shat on me. On my birthday, we're eating lunch at uh, a table in Glasgow outside Alfresco Dining and the city centre is always risky especially if you're smoking but I usually keep all my personal shit off a public platform which means everyone because it's really nobody's business is it so you try, I try and keep all that stuff away which means everyone just assumes you're having the time of your life with no hassles now any idea how much hard work and misery exists for us all to just stay alive? And I think that's just for everyone. I don't know. So maybe my new resolution should be just to start complaining about everything. But people hate if you're just always moaning all the time, they see it as negative. And they hate it if you're always boasting and making humble brags as well. So what's the choice? You've got to either tell the truth or pretend things are cool. It's mad, isn't it? Instant communications are beautiful gift and a horrible curse. And we can't get the genie back in the bottle. But on the plus side, we don't need phone boxes or phone books or any of that. In that sense, we're futuristic as fuck. So let's just call it a draw, my fellow Jetsons bastards. So we all had the best year. We all had the worst year. Right now, it's a new year. It's a new me. It's a new you. And you're about to hear some honestly very inspirational chat from Darren Connell. He plays Bobby in Scott Squad which was commissioned for its sixth BBC series that starts shooting again this year. His stand-up comedy is exceptional. It even got him the coveted, you call that radio, Comedian of the Year Award. He's been sober, losing weight, cutting meat out of his diet, and genuinely actually just gave me a wee health kick up the arse when I was, after I left uh, the studio, when I went, to the supermarket, I end up picking up vegan haggis for the for the bums. I can't like a, veg a vegan haggis or is it a vegetarian haggis? I don't know if I've had the vegan haggis. I've had the vegetarian haggis and that was good. Or one of them's good and one of them's not. I can't remember. But I got lots of salad stuff. Get a go, man. Get a go. I'm not trying to become vegan just yet, but just making me changes. You know, I cycled to the, this interview and I cycled back. So I'm in a boot, I'm up for it. And hopefully this lasts and hopefully inspires you too. He's also a very funny guy as well, so it should be a good laugh. Happy, positive thoughts, people. Let's start the year in style. If you enjoy the show, remember to rate, subscribe or 
tell people about it, maybe share it on your social medias. All that stuff really helps. And thank you to all the Patreons who make this possible and keep this show advert-free. So if you enjoy the show and want to support this show and be in with winning prizes such as a, what's the latest one, £280 tattoo from Custom Inc. So it's a £280 tattoo voucher. We've got Darren Connell tickets, modes of Celtic connections, goodies like Beer Jacket playing with an orchestra. Uh, we've got loads of good stuff that you can also win as a bonus. Uh, so if you want to sign up, just go to patreon.com forward slash you call that radio. So that's patreon.com forward slash you call that radio. And thank you to everyone who's been supporting the show. Uh, one final thing before we go to the interview is we're also having a tribute night for LIGO. Uh, you, you've you heard his music in the show, uh, like at the intros we normally do, uh, his music. He uh, sadly passed away last year, but we're having a tribute night on the 1st of February at the Icebox and we'll be raising money for the Chrissy's House charity and the lineup is incredible. It's too many names to mention, but it's a who's who of hip-hop in this country. So come along, show support for the night, show, pay respects to LIGO and also raise money for Chrissy's House. Hope to see you there. Thank you, Patreons, and thank you, Morphemies, for mastering the audio. Enjoy Darren Connell, and if you do enjoy it, make sure you get tickets for his Glasgow Comedy Festival show on the 13th and 14th of March. That's it. Thank you very much. Have a good new year. Happy 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 new year. Hey there, Rao. Happy new year. Mark, thanks for having us on to You Call That Radio. Um, I'm looking forward to having a chat today, mate. Uh, for anybody that doesn't know who I am, I'm Darren Connell. You might know me from Bobby from Scott Squad. Chips, cheese and Donna. We're on it till the Thanks for doing this, Dan. I really appreciate it. And um, just to fill, I just noticed that your your status update today says that four year ago you've been sober for four year, and that's good because this is a January episode, so we're doing a new new year, new me yeah. chat. So you said that you, four year ago you got a tattoo. They said chips, cheese, and Donna were on it till tomorrow on your left arse cheek, and people are sending. <laughs> sorry, <laughs> explain. Well, you're. You want a removal of your um, chips, cheese and donor were on it till the morrow tattoo? Well, basically, I seen a viral video today and it was a wee guy that was a beatboxer and a drunk guy walked up to him and he just started shouting, here we, here we, here we fucking go. And the wee beatboxer guy said, chips, cheese and donor were <laughs> on it till the morrow. So I just put as a laugh up on my Facebook, can I get tattoo removal suggestions? <laughs> Because I've got it tattooed on Mars. And you've got a lot of genuine people that have, I've had you with suggestions. <laughs> people got don't bother with the tattoo shops, go to clinics and that. Uh, uh, tagging their system, I was like, you know a guy, didn't you just let us know? Well, I think it says a lot about you that, that you're back in the day, people think you're capable of getting that tattooed in your left arse cheek. Aye. But it's also, think about all the, all the comedy shows you've done, all the podcasts you've done, and you've never had to mention once that you... You did that, had that in your ass cheek. So I, I, no. I, I, I knew it was a wind up. 
I know I'm pretty proud that people thought it was real though. Four like year, just saying randomly. Four, proud of four years sober, man. That's, yeah, I was that's incredible. On the seventeenth of December there, I was four years. Four years, man. It's been really quick. Aye, so, four years. And that was seventeenth of December, so that was you actually chucked it before Christmas and New Year. Yeah. Because most people would go, Oh, let's just get the festivities out the way yeah. first. One last one last hurrah. So that's why when sober January comes over and everybody yep. starts the New Year's resolutions. I always feel sympathy and I know how hard it is. But I caught myself, see, in December, I did have that moment of, should I just get mad with it one last time? And I, I thought, it's now or never. If yeah. I don't do it now, I'm never going to do it. Yeah, that's great, man. Four year. It's no, as a country as well, because not only, it's hard to do it for anyone anywhere in the world, but Scotland is especially difficult. And you, because you're in the entertainment industry, that makes it even more impressive. Yeah, thank you. And um, how how so you've not so recently you've um, you've lost loads of weight as well, man. You're Cheers, looking good, man. and you're you switched to a vegan diet. That's a year now the vegan thing. Coming up for a year, I think yeah. February will be a year. So were you vegetarian before that? Or did you just go straight into veganism? I went straight into veganism, but I was a vegetarian years ago when I was about twenty three. I yeah. was a, a veggie for about two years. Um, I get food poisoning off a Chinese curry one night mm. and it was that bad. I ended up in hospital and yeah. just was hallucinating and stuff. And I never ate in about eight, eight days or something. And when I did get my appetite back, I went to my mum's house and she gave us a bowl of mince. And I just looked at it and I thought, I can't eat that. Yeah. But then I went back on the meat eventually. And yeah. But I've, I've ballooned my whole life. I've ballooned like wild weight gain and... About nine months ago, I was nearly 20 stone. And I was like, I can't do this, man. I need to change my lifestyle. And to you, change it up. Was it pretty easy? Because I remember I always think it's quite... One of my friends... <laughs> one of the, you've probably heard this one a million times. Oh, I like the idea of being a vegetarian or a vegan, but it just seems like too much work. And one of my mates, Vicky, she just goes, it's not that difficult. You just don't eat meat. You know what I mean? It's, not, it's not that difficult. Yeah. And the, and the, the vegan food... And the options now are so delicious that you don't even think about it. Uh, but people are people just build it up to be this impossible thing. It's like, can you still eat wafer thin gammon, mate? And you're like, <laughs> what do you think? <laughs> what do you think? Oh, I don't think I could live without cheese. We'll just get vegan cheese. Is There's vegan so many cheese, options. Is it vegan cheese? Is it, is it, they, I've heard that they've stepped their game up. I tried vegan cheese a few years ago and it was absolutely terrific, man. Yeah. But I mean, once again, it may have just been a bad vegan cheese see I'm up for I'm up for thinking about all these things because I mean what especially what, what I think is funny you know when Greg's bring out a, a vegan steak but the people that get angry that that's an option that must be mad for you it's mad for me to see yeah. that someone could be so anti-vegan that they get upset that there's an option in Greg's yeah it's crazy that's they're upset and, yeah they're and up- you know a lot of people kind of rubbish I mean basically I was 20 stone I was on antidepressants. Um, I was the unhealthiest I've ever been in my life. Then I went vegan, and it's made me go medication free. Mm. I've went from a forty-two in a waist to a thirty-four in a waist. Mm-hmm. I would say that it's removed a darkness from my life, mm. like things like suicidal thoughts. And then I'd go online and say, "There's a connection here with the veganism." Mm this is what's happened to me and this is what it's done for my life. Yeah. And then somebody will say, fella shite, mate. <laughs> <laughs> How can you not just have a rolling sausage, mate? 
Have a rolling sausage. That's, that's, that's another one as well. The, uh, the, oh, you can have a, why did they have, why did they have sausage that's no sausage? You know what I mean? And I, seen, I actually seen a vegetarian one about that the other day. It's you know, like having sausage, like things that are like sausage, but vegan sausage. Yeah. But the, my understanding of that is that things like that, although I know, I know a lot of vegans and vegetarians don't want anything like that, because they, mm-hmm. they don't, the idea of that taste, they're discussing there but so I understand that especially to get people to move away from they've been on their meat based diet their whole life to get them to move away I think that's, that's quite a good thing yeah I actually had a, a corn chicken hang the day for my lunch was it nice it was good I was just loads of vegetables and uh, the, the spice rack getting a bit of the spice rack and yeah, yeah. it's good I mean, I mean I was a seven day a week junk food diet yeah. donna kebabs every day McDonald's every single day so if I can do it anybody can do it so did you did you sweat, did you notice that you're, you're saying that that was the most unhealthy you've been so you, that, same, that was you would have been three years after drink yep. so do you think that you replaced a lot of your uh, negative substance problems with food 100% yeah I caught myself thinking oh wait a minute this this isn't sobriety here yeah this is I might not be drinking but yeah. I don't feel sober uh, because it is. It's just like, oh, I don't get mad with it anymore, so I can have a kebab. But I was like that all the time. Yeah. And then just wild weight gain and just then realising that I was abusing food. Yeah. Eating, eating when I wasn't hungry. All that kind of stuff. But, uh, and so is there, if anyone's thinking about switching to a vegan diet, what would you? What would be your a bit, the best bit of advice you would say to them? I mean... If you're from Glasgow or wherever you come from, I just put into Google yeah. vegan Glasgow yeah. and just seen what came up. Glasgow is one of the best cities. Yeah, apparently. Yes. For options, go into a vegan restaurant and just start talking to the waiters and the waitresses. You've got, ask um, them questions. You get mono, thirteenth note stereo. Yeah, Speaking I was in mono today. I had a cheeseburger. Yeah, uh, it was lovely. Yeah, you go into a place like you know any of these places and just ask them questions. If you know a vegan, just pick their pick their brain. And but you can't. It's good, but it's right. Corn chicken. That's that's not vegan, though, is it? That's no. good. Some some of it is. Yeah, there's a lot of things out there that are not vegan, like uh, Linda McCartney veggie sausages are not vegan. Uh, there's something in them that doesn't make it vegan. Yeah. But you can't see this all or nothing yeah. attitude that we have towards life. It's toxic. Yeah. See if you're trying your best to be a vegan and you don't have any other option apart from a veggie sausage. Just eat the veggie sausage. Yeah. It's not the end of the world. Because see if that was the old me. Yeah. See if I went on a detox or a diet and then I had a bit of chocolate, I would do that. Oh, fucked it. Yeah. And then I would just go on a wild binge. Yeah. Like a cheat meal. I can't do cheat meals. I would lose a stone and do that. Oh, I'll have a kebab. Eat a kebab, wake up the next day, feel rough as fuck, try and go to the gym, burn that off, end up getting injured. Next thing I know, I'm like, I've put the weight back on. That's injuries, you've got to be careful injuries as well. If yeah. you try to just get fit. So we got, that's a good bit of advice about anything. But if you mess up once, you just, that's a that's a big trick. So I'm I'm day, day two after cigarettes. You know? Brilliant. But I would have been day 10 if I hadn't went to that Colonel Mustard gig on Friday. And I had to play a wee gig. Um, so I don't know if it's excitement of being on stage or what it is, but it's a it's a it's a mistake I make often, and I had a cigarette. But yesterday when I woke up, I was like I could I, I messed up, mm-hmm. and I still had tobacco left, but I didn't. I just went that. So good. I'm quite proud of myself because normally I would go, oh well, I've yeah. I've started, so I'll finish my back at mm-hmm. least. 
but no. Yeah, and you need to apply that to everything in life because I went and did panto there for six weeks, right? And I couldn't get any vegan food, so I had a cheese pizza, just a plain cheese pizza. Yeah. And in my mind, I was like, I failed. I'm a failure, yeah. and I'm like, no, I haven't failed. No, I felt disgusting after right. it because I've not been eating dairy. And You're I'm in Dundee, there's not as many options in Dundee at yeah. night, late at night anyway. Yeah, and I felt terrible after it because I haven't ate dairy in nearly a year. But do you know what? I was starving. I did yeah. two shows and I needed food. Yeah. I'm not going to eat meat. No. That's the main thing. Why did you know have a bit of tomato or onion on it? Okay, it was just one of those things. I just grabbed it. I was like, "So you didn't want to make the cheese pizza taste too good?" <laughs> You're like, "No, it's a punishment pizza." Hi. Plain it's cheese, uncooked cheese pizza. <laughs> so it was a pan- panto man. That now that looks like it would be the most fun and also just a weird, a weird experience and hard work and amazing. Oh, oh, yeah, man, it's uh, so so intense. The work. A lot of actors and comedians just don't give it the respect that it deserves it's just like two shows a day for six weeks you get christmas day off and that's it really it is so rewarding though and it's some laugh and it's brilliant who who was on the lineup tom yuri oh Uh, yeah yeah tom big bob for river city and a few other comedians and actresses which they were all great it was a wee family it was brilliant i definitely missed my routine though i've got a good structure in glasgow a nice wee just basic structure that i live by uh, just gym, gym, eating healthy, gigging at night, doing my thing during the day. But over in Dundee, man, it was just like gig after gig. Yeah, it was like genuinely. I thought we couldn't help but laugh. Me and a guy thought it was Wednesday, and it turned out that it was Sunday. Just you end up in this wee panto bubble of not being aware of what day it is or where you are. And you're, it's a surreal. It's a surreal day to day that you're doing. It's not a normal. It's not a normal, it's not a normal show. It's what, yeah. what was it? What was the show? It was uh, Snow White. It's a Snow White. So, so you're actually you're living the Snow White lifestyle. <laughs> Hi, the Huntsman. I was the Huntsman. So, uh, I it was mental, mate. But I'm just glad to be back in Glasgow and in about the. I mean, the diet never really slipped, but uh, just good to be back in about the. The you exercise, know, yeah. did, you, did you not do the gym when you were over there? Oh, I never had a minute, mate. Yeah. I was yeah. on a college campus with no Wi-Fi. Yeah. It was up, breakfast, show, lunch, show, dinner, bed yeah. for six weeks. That's, that's right. I ended up chain-smoking cigars. Cigars? Yep. See, I, I, I've not noticed you, you, the last time I seen you, you were on the vape. You, you, you chucked the vape? Chucked the vape, aye. Yeah. Um, because I, I chucked the booze and I was like, all right, I might just start vaping. Yeah. Started smoke. This is how obsessed I've always been with my <laughs> weight, mate. I was like, see if I get like sweetie flavoured vapes, yeah. that'll keep me off the biscuits. <laughs> the biscuit flavoured? <laughs> yeah. Uh, so uh, I got a vape with the tobacco in it. It was just flavoured. Right. And uh, I was like, I've never got this out my fucking mouth. Yeah. Honestly, man, you're always sucking it. I'm talking about vapes, by the way. Yeah, that, yeah that's... <laughs> Well, I, see, I mean, the first time I'm not, I'm not going to slag the vapes because the first time I tried to quit smoking, I was just a heavy smoker. Aye. So bringing the vape in it just showed you that there was another way to beat it. But yeah. but the last um, the, the last eight times I've quit smoking, this <laughs> is quite <laughs> often. I'm just doing it cold turkey these days, man. Because I found the nicotine gum was quite good as well. But yeah, you're just you're replacing that. That yes. So for me, for me, it means that if I run out of gum or I run out of vape battery or juice or whatever, I'm just going to get a cigarette because that's just the way yeah. it is. 
So I'm, I'm doing a, yeah, just going to try a cold turkey. This is actually turning, feels like an intervention here now. Hi. Like, how do I quit smoking, Dan? <laughs> <laughs> how do I get off the booze? How do Hi. I become a vegan? But it's, uh, I always find, like, obviously I'm quite public with my journey. It was, see, do you, the, take a bit of ha- do you take a bit of hassle for that online? I do, but the main reason that, and I mean this genuinely, it was to keep myself accountable. Mm-hmm. It was to hold myself accountable. Yeah. That's the only reason I did it. I did that with my sobriety as well. Mm. I, 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 I told my family and my friends that I wanted to go sober because it was affecting my life. Typical Scottish mentality, what's wrong with you? Just have a drink. But it was getting so unbearable. Yeah. I thought, I need to announce this on my social media because yeah. it's affecting my mental health. As soon as I announced it, then that's when people became supportive and helpful. Yeah. And I did the same with veganism as well. Because I just had a brick wall, mate. Oh, I've told this story a few times. I went round to a place round the corner from my house. I get a kebab, climbed there a fence for a shortcut to get into my street. And I thought I was going to have a heart attack. Because <laughs> I was climbing near this fence. Yeah. 20 stone, <laughs> 20 stone holding a fucking kebab. Climbing a fence. <laughs> to get a kebab both I climbed the fence oh, right. to get to the kebab quicker yeah. and then I climbed back over it to get back to my house quicker so, so you could eat it quicker yeah but like mid climb with the kebab in my hand I was like something's just popped in my chest there I think I'm having a heart attack yeah and then the penny dropped that night it's time to it's time to change my it's life it's time to change yeah. and it's a new year and it's a it's a new year so I mean obviously um, and don't worry if you've if you've already been drinking and smoking and eating kebabs, you can start the new year today. Even if yes. you listen to this in February or or October, mm-hmm. you can still just start. Yep. Don't you wait till January the first next year? No. Get that all or nothing attitude gone because it's it's not a positive; it's a negative. And just maybe day a week, week and week. So I'll go at this same. I don't. I'm I'm trying to get a wee bit more exercise, and um, I don't do exercise, but I've got this. Uh, I got given one of those indoor bicycle exercise bike things. Mm. So I'm just kind of, just doing wee bits of that because I like a cycle. So I'm trying, and what's quite good about it is it's in the, but see because it's in the room and it's taking up all the space now. Yeah. I'm going to need to use that. Yes. Or it's just going to do my nothing. Okay, so I'm just doing, just doing a wee bit. No trying to judge myself too harsh. Obviously quite gutted to find out that it doesn't really do much calorie wise. But yeah. it's getting the, it's getting the, the, the breathing better and all that stuff. Yeah. What, what about meditation, man? Do you do any of that? I don't have a lot of time for it. I do it when I can, and it's it's always beneficial to me. That's yeah. that's the first frustrating thing. Uh, Any time I've done it, I feel fantastic. I've yeah. done like TM Transcendental Meditation. Yeah. Um, I've done a couple of free apps. There's a Headspace app. I do breathing exercises, but I don't do it as much as I should. But that has well, it's a thin line between. See, from my understanding, it. It's a thin line between breathing exercises and meditation. Yeah. It's not, it's not... Well, I mean, I've done it a few times, although what it tends to do is makes me fall asleep. Yeah. So I don't know I don't know if I'm doing it right. I don't know if... See, people may get in about it, just get the headspace up. I did get the app. I yeah. got the app. And when I... First time I quit smoking, I had the quit smoking app and I had the headspace app. Mm-hmm. And I found that it was quite good. And that's what I'm trying to do. So my, my new routine for the last week's been... Wake mm-hmm. up, don't look at my phone. I don't look at my phone. I wait till I've um, jumped in the wee, the wee bike. And then I, I also, I'm, I'm not doing the intermittent fasting, but I try not to eat for the first two hours. Yeah. Just to see how that goes. 
Yeah, that's good as well. And um, and I'm going to try and fit in a bit of meditation in there as well. But I, I'm saying that I've done that every day for about four or five days. Then I went to the Colonel Mustard gig and get mad with it. So <laughs> I'm not exactly. Uh, but just back doing it again this week, you know what I mean? Yeah. Little steps. And you know what? That's half the battle, mate, because most 90% of people, they would do well for seven days, get mad with it, and then they would never do it again. So yeah. don't beat yourself up. It's every tool that people need to feel better is right in front of you and yeah. it's free. It's not really about, people think, oh, I better do this gym that is £100 a month. Don't do that. Yeah. Small changes. Do you know what today? Remove junk food for your diet. Mm-hmm. Stop eating junk food. Right? Drink two to three litres of water a day yeah. and stop drinking fizzy juice. See the water thing? That's the thing that I, I always I always forget about water. Mate. I always forget and I just don't think about it. See the difference uh, adding even if you can stop drinking see if you feel because that's a, an addiction as well fizzy juice. I was like four litres of diet coke a day. No, I've not had any of that stuff in about a year. Yeah. And it's changed my whole outlook and how I work. Because yeah, you've got that asperm, asper- asper- yes. I can never say it, asperm, but that's like a kind of fake sugary... Yeah, and it tricks upper, your body. Because it's, it, it's giving yeah. you a bit of dopamine, or, a, or is it giving you a bit of energy? Yeah. Fake it's, energy? It's fake. It's yeah. like, people think they'll have diet coke. In fact, it's, speaking of water, I'm going to get a cup. Can I get some of your water? Aye, mate, no worries. Let's get 25 sugars in it, but... <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, but like, people... Uh, it's about removal like remove the toxic stuff for your life people don't need to join the gym just walk getting about it mate. I fucking walk go for a walk that's fizzy water by the way that's alright because people get a wee bit weird with fizzy water I know I've seen um, B. Doan and Sage Francis they were perplexed why there's so much fizzy water in the in Europe they according to them Aye. apparently it doesn't exist in America <laughs> sure it does I love it I'm, I'm getting I'm getting all right with it I, uh, Joe got me into it. She wakes up with a bit of vodka. Oh. The first time I, the first time I tried it, I was like, ah, it's absolutely minging. But then, if it's summer at a festival, it's actually, it's good, actually right. Good to get you half a ginger, mate. Oh, aye, aye. To be honest, I've actually been quite good. With, it's been quite good to get me half the ginger. Iron brew, fucking up iron brew. Because at that point, I was like, you know what? I don't. I've got a moral objection to Coca Cola and all that. Yeah. And then all the other ones are pretty shit to me. So I'm I'm kind of been after fizzy juice. I'm the same and all. Look, has it changed it? They changed changed the, the sugar. Well, saved my life. San, one of the last ones was sandpaper. You know, for my sugar, done. The, the Tory fanas, as they call them. The wee, <laughs> the wee hats. They've got the wee hats on. And um, but I think after Brexit, we'll, we'll be lucky to get a wee the wee hats on or any of our any of our fizzy juice. Fizzy juice is dead. Brexit killed it. <laughs> you should see me climb over a fence now. By the way, I'm fucking flying at it. Can you fly over Aye. a fence? Then? Yep. Don't even touch it, mate. I, no. <laughs> I jump at it like a horse. <laughs> well, maybe you could, maybe you could actually solve the, the issue of Brexit. And obviously, the only issue of Brexit is that we need the we need the be- big Ben to bong at eleven o'clock on the thirty first of January. <laughs> so you could just jump up and sort that out, save mate, save the country, do that, an embarrassing crowdfunder. Mate, that is. There's a lot of things that I, I try my hardest not to get involved in. But yep. see, when I realised that. Johnston uh, Boris was trying to get a GoFundMe page <laughs> for fucking Big Ben. Like, I ain't bother, mate. I'd rather donate it to somebody that needs a, an operation or something. I would, that's the thing, it's actually 500,000 pounds, but it's, it's not like, it's actually apparently already getting fixed anyway, but it's just to speed up so we can get out one big bong at 11 o'clock. 
A fucking idiot. And so if everyone, oh, we better do because it's going to be a. <laughs> we don't want to be, we'll be a laughing stock Aye. if we don't have a. a so what the fuck was this 350 million quid a week we're going to get for the NHS? Can we use some of that money? I, why does he always look like he's just woke up? <laughs> I think he's on the chin, man. <laughs> I think he's definitely on something. Mad for the gear. Aye, well, I mean, you wouldn't. You can't be with that unless you've got something wrong with you. Aye. I don't know. I think he's. Uh, but also, the other news topic of the week is. Uh, the royal family is uh, they've split up. No, it's like remember, remember Mark Owen left take that. No, it's Robbie Williams left take that. Ginger Spice left the Spice Girls. Oh, it's the one of them. They're just off. Did you see the viral video about that? No. Uh, Prince Harry was giving an interview. It's really cool. Yeah. I'm sure you could dig it out. No bother. Basically, a journalist is saying, "Why are you leaving?" And he says, "If you know what I know." You'd walk away. Is that what he said then? Yeah. And it is like, everybody's like, okay. And he's like, I've got a family now and I've got a kid. Obviously, I'm uh, bastardising this, but yeah. along those lines, he so did he, say that. You think he's going to spill, spill the beans? Well, Once just, he's got his safety, once he's got some safety? I mean, it seems like a, for someone who's in that kind of life, William and Harry seem, you can relate to them. They just seem like normal people. Surrounded by fucking lizards. <laughs> You're only half lizard. Hi. But lizard. they do. It's like I kind of feel. Well, it's, they, they, didn't, they didn't ask to get born into it. Yeah. It's a very strange. I think they just. I think the Prince Andrew, like the, the sweaty uncle, the sweaty uncle's probably been the nail in the coffin. Like, no, we need to get the fuck away from here. Yeah, because there's only <laughs> so many times you can, you know, make excuses and. Brush aside that kind of stuff before you're like, no, wait a minute. But people are like, oh, what are they going to do? Oh, I'll be skint, man. What about that <laughs> fucking weirdo, the the guy hang, that hangs about outside the palace? You know, the guy with the Union Jack hat oh, and stuff I... and all the badges? He's yep. absolutely devastated. Uh, he's, he's I can't support Harry anymore. I don't understand why he's doing this. Like, mate, now, take his laptop off him, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> He's going. He's got the Princess Diana uh, plates. Aye, you know, get their get their the, the plates set. Do you think like Harry's sitting in the palace where he's weighing, and he's like, "Don't let that cunt anywhere near this house. Aye. Don't let him in here." <laughs> <laughs> you know, people they always they they they're a big crowd of them, man. I mean, I don't know if they just. It's almost so unrealistic to where we're from in in Scotland. Where everyone I know, the idea that you would go to Buckingham Palace when, when the royal baby's about to be born, mm-hmm. you know, people were like, oh, she's, she's um, in labour, and there's like a crowd gathers outside yeah. Buckingham Palace, like, oh, wonder if it's going to be a guy, or, you know, having opinions, mm-hmm. having an opinion on it. Yeah, and I mean, all that stuff, is it okay to swear, by the way? I'm oh, sorry, I, I've swore I, quite no, a lot. No, it's all right, man, it's, um, it's absolutely but fine. All, all the, way, the way that people are treating her, that is... It's racism. Yeah. It's, you know, there's there's racism there. Would you, would you, I mean, it seems to me like it, it's loaded with racism simply because it's, it, I've seen examples where Kate done exactly the same thing. Yeah. With the cradle and the baby thing. Mm-hmm. So Kate cradled the baby in a photo and went, oh, look at this maternal woman. Mm-hmm. And then when Megan done it, it was like, she's, uh, why is she doing this? She's part of our, she's weird the way she's doing it. Yeah. She's maybe doing it because she's part of a cult or like, I can't remember. It was stuff like that. It's almost like gaslighting, isn't it? 
Yeah. It's like pushing her to the point of having a breakdown and then she'll have a breakdown and, and they'll say, ah, oh, mm. see, see. Isn't they did it with Britney Spears. Yeah, the, you know, there was a really good South Park episode about uh, The Harvest, I think it's called. Yes. And there was like, Britney Spears ends up having a meltdown and then I think it ends with them looking at the next upcoming pop star. It does seem <laughs> like, we, seems like we, oh, next year's going to be a good harvest. <laughs> Uh, this seem like we just like to push people to the to the yeah. breaking point. But all the all the <laughs> I'm talking about Harry like I know him. I'm like, oh the best here, man. <laughs> Get him on the podcast. <laughs> well he says that he's only going to deal with independent journalists now, so we'll maybe give him a wee Aye. him up. It's just the game's changed, he's just gonna deal with independent and uh, up and coming journalists. So you never know. Maybe we'll get we we'll get Harry to spill the beans about what's really going on. Aye. What do you know, Harry? Why did you walk away? But um, I, I'm sure I'm sure he'll be alright though. I'm sure he'll be alright. No, he'll be alright. I think he's got I think he's got enough in the bank to he'll definitely mate, I'll be alright. Don't Aye. worry about my nose people out there worried about how he's how are they gonna support themselves? They'll be alright. imagine if he'd done a song with Stormzy <laughs> <laughs> MC Harry, no. MC Harry when he wrote, he's gonna need to do something. Aye. He's gonna do something. Uh, so when when he's away to Canada, I was trying to find a link to your so he went, he's, out, he's in the Americas, and you went to the Americas, but you went to the South Americas. Yes. And uh, I'd, I'd like you to talk about that, because first of all, tell us why you went, where did you go? I went to Lima in Peru. Peru. So why did you go to Peru? Right, so I went there a couple of years ago, and it was to go on a detox, and it was to take ayahuasca. And it was basically a 14, 15 day retreat in the middle of the Amazon jungle yeah. in a hut. And you take ayahuasca six times. It's always been a curiosity in my life. I've always known about it. Always been a, obsessed with things like, you know, the film Castaway and stuff yeah. like Tom Hanks. Yeah. And just like that kind of life appeals to me. It was it was completely a pipe dream until I, I, uh, I bumped into someone that, basically gave me a path there and I thought if I don't take this I'll never get a chance to do it yeah and were you um, at at the stage so you, you, you'd have been about two years sober at that point yes about two two years sober aye and did you think that would be a, a thing that would help you on your journey were you struggling with that at the time or yeah I was really struggling again with my weight and my lifestyle mate I bloomed up again man uh, really really big really unhealthy Um, I wasn't feeling sober I was starting to miss drinking, maybe thinking, oh, maybe it wasn't that bad. Yeah. Um, I don't know if I'm an alcoholic, yeah. but I'm definitely leaning, I would say I'm leaning towards alcoholism. Yeah. And I definitely thought, oh, maybe one ma- one last drink, I'll see what happens. So I went over there. I kind of lost what I was saying there with that. Well, you were going, to, so you went, to the, the path opened up, you go to... You go to the jungle for two weeks, and you sip ayahuasca, which is a it's, a, it's a mixture of DMT and something else, isn't it? Yeah, there's DMT and two types of tree bark in it. I can't remember what the tree bark's called, but I that that was it. It was like two years into my sobriety, and I thought, fuck this, I'm going to ditch it and just get mad with it again. Mm-hmm. I might as well just try that before I do it. Obviously, the depression was there, and suicidal thoughts came back. Yeah. So I was there. It's a day on and a day off. Um, they remove everything for your diet sugar junk food bread you're on two small meals a day which are the size of your palm so what, what, uh, what kind of food is it 
It wouldn't have been vegan, I would imagine. Um, it wasn't. Uh, I would say that most of it was vegan, but it wasn't on purpose. I mean, yeah. there, w- there was one meal. It was just a potato with rice over it and like some type of broth. Yeah. And there was another one when it was some rice and a chicken breast, but my body went into meltdown. It just shut down. Like I just, I was over twenty stone. I stopped weighing myself. And see, when you're in that environment, in that heat, my appetite just disappeared. Yeah. So I went five days with no food. I just couldn't eat. Um, you know, so I didn't really struggle with the food. But yeah. it was just a complete shock to the system. So, you, they, they, so they get you on a diet for like, when do you get, how, how many days before you get your first shot of ayahuasca? Um, it was like the third day. Yeah. So... So six six times, man. So is is all six times is equally intense, or is it? Yeah. Oh wow. I mean, the first one, it's like, and in top Cause of because I know lots of people have had it, and it seems like I've heard people that have turned their life around because of it. But I've also, you know, one of my friends recently went over, and he yeah. said he was going to date for the crack, and I was like, mate, don't date for the crack. It's not a recreational thing. No, it's actually going to knock you sideways. I've never fancied it because I know that it sounds too intense, too long for me. Yeah, but he did it anyway. And he came back and he went, it wasn't a recreational thing, by the way. And I went, I, I tell you that. And he went, oh, I know, it was, it was crazy. Yeah. <laughs> and how is he now? He says that, he says, I, I was a cynical person, but I've, I'm starting, I think we're all one. And we're all yeah. part of um, the, yeah, he was just basically saying, but everyone else has said. Mm-hmm. And he I, is a, he's, a, he's a cynical guy. Yeah. I mean, I had that some experiences where we're sitting in the you're in the middle of the jungle. The only light you've got is moonlight and stars. See, when you're tripping on this ayahuasca, you're feeling like is my, it feels like your soul is communicating with beings in the trees and animals in the jungle and stuff. And you're like, this is some spooky, freaky shit. Yeah. Uh, it's the most disgusting thing I've ever tasted as well. It's rancid. Yeah, it's just, I've seen a documentary on it and people are just being sick. Yeah, it so makes you, you purge. It. makes you purge. They give you a wee purge bucket. And it does make you humble as well because I went over there, you think you've got it bad until you realise who you're with. I'll try not to go into their personal, yeah. personal things, but there's like sex abuse people, uh, victims there. Um, people that were ha- had diseases. Um, and then I'm sitting there thinking, wow, in the grand scheme of things, I, I think my life is okay. Mm. But I'm not taking away how I felt. Yeah. But it definitely it makes you shine a light on yourself and no, think, I mean, maybe I think, it's I think not it's, that it's bad. always the it's always the toughest thing when you're when you're feeling low is to feel gratitude, which is obviously yeah seems easy in theory, but yeah the reality and, is it's not yeah. always easy. But it's bit, when you do something like that, it does maybe remind you that yeah you've got a lot to be thankful for you. Plus, a lot of people were vegans there, and I, I genuinely remember thinking, what a bunch of dicks, man. I can't even be bothered with us vegans, idiots, spiritual, all that kind mm. of shit. And there was guys that lived in the jungle there their mm. whole life, and they've they never seen a fat person before. So there I am, like, coming off a boat. I'm probably about 21 stone. Like, there was an old guy there that was like, he just looked at me like I was an alien or something. Yeah. It turns out that he's never seen a fat person. <laughs> How did you find that out? Uh, well, I was just like, why is that guy staring at me with his mouth like fucking wide open? But uh, the, the the guy that I knew that took me over there was just like... And you know, he never said it in a cruel way yeah, I, either. It, it wasn't a hurtful thing. How did, did you say just, just 
never seen a big man. Yes, I've never. He never said it to me when yeah. I was there. He said yeah. it to the guy that took me, and then the guy told me. Yeah. And I was like, well, I fair enough. Yeah, I can understand enough. that. Same with tattoos and stuff. There was a guy there with a few tattoos, and everybody was like, oh no way, tattoos. And, yeah. But uh, to then you the visions that I were getting were like it was just health and mental health and the antidepressants that I were on were not doing me any justice at all mate they were fucking me up did you drop them before you went there i dropped them before i went there yeah. purely because you can't mix it with yeah. ayahuasca so it was a godsend mm -hmm. because i was taking it i was just abusing it really yeah. i was just taking antidepressants like i would take a valium or something like that yeah, I, it, it wasn't doing anything for me but to stop all that and then you think god my body you, you have an awareness you think my body is fucked and i did think um a week in i did think Right, I've probably went nearly six days with no food tier. I'm starting to look at my feet and stuff, and I was like, I, I might die here. Like, that did enter my mind. Um, I, It did enter my mind that I think I'm going to die. Yeah. And Was that just in your head, or is that, did you just feel... I've never really... Did you feel edgy because you're in this jungle with people you don't know, and you're taking this mad... Very strong drug, probably yeah. the strongest drug in the in the world. Like, yeah, so, so, uh, psychedelic wise. So just like sometimes just get a wee bit paranoid. Where am I? Yeah, it was it was like um it was a a feeling of claustrophobia. Like mm. I can't get away from here. Yeah, like until I finish my treatment. Uh huh. Because I did think, see if anyone cancels and they don't want to do this, I'm gone. I'm gone with them. Yeah, but you we go up a, a boat. In the Amazon, mate, you're mm. up there in a boat. It's like apocalypse now. Yeah, you go up there for about two hours. You're like, what? It was a four hour, a four hour drive. Then it's a two hour boat ride, and then you're up this jungle. You're just like we're in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. We actually said to a guy that I get friendly with, see if someone like the Queen or Donald Trump died, we wouldn't find it. No, there's no way we'd find it. And be, to be off your phone for two weeks as well, that was a drug. You're definitely coming off a drug with that. But uh, the visions that I were getting were just like, live your, live healthy. The the veganism seed get planted big time. Cause so did you actually see that, I've heard lots of people saying that they see the um, mother nature actually appears herself. Did you actually see anything as much as that? Um, I think it's called Mother Aya. It's Mother like Aya. Mother Ayahuasca. Okay. So I had this feeling that I can't remember what night it was, but I was I was purging into a bucket, and I was dehydrated, so there was nothing coming up. But I was out my tits as well, like out of body experience, and I, like it's so intense. You're like you don't even know am I a man or a female? I can't remember my name. Yeah. I don't know where I am. I'm a dying. But when I was purging, I had this feeling that there was a female beside me. And I could see a female figure beside me. And I could see figures beside the the woman. Now, I thought that it was the shaman or the guards, because there was armed guards there. Or I thought it might have been some of the females that were in the group. And I was struggling to purge. And this female figure put her hand at the the bottom of my back and every time she raised her hand up to my head it made me be sick and she, it, she was helping me 
and I just get this feeling of don't worry, you'll be okay, go with it, don't fight this, let it go. And every time she did that with her hand, I was sick. And then see when I came out the trip and I recovered, I said to one of the guys uh, beside me, I was like, who was that that was helping me there? And he's like, what are you talking about? And I was like, there was a woman there, like a green being, yeah. like like almost, I sound like an absolute maniac, saying <laughs> no, this, right? but it was almost like a plant. It felt like it was a female plant. plant. Helping you? It looked like a female woman. Yeah. But it was... It, she so was, that's Mother Aya? Yeah. She yeah. was green, like a being. Yeah. And I was like, no, no. Because it was, they were so close to me and so in my space. I was putting my hands out to push them away. That's how claustrophobic I felt. And he's like, there was nobody beside you, mate. Yeah. Then I told the shaman that and the shaman says, it's a plants. And Wow. That's crazy, man. It was crazy, mate. And wait, wait, how many days into that is that? I think it was like a week into it or something. Yep. It might have been the fourth or fifth time maybe trying it. So then after you try it the sixth time, do you get a few days to recover and then do you have a you eat food again? It was a day on and a day off. Right. A day on, day off, day on, day off. Two meals a day. But at that point, I was just like, take my meal back. I'm not eating that. Yeah. They gave you this tea as well that you had to drink every day. It was like a potion. Yeah. And that was really hard to drink. Um I start. I really struggled, mate. I'd say my body shut down. Yeah. In all honesty, they came up at one point with uh, they had chickens and hens, mm. and they came up with eggs. They came up with two boiled eggs and a coconut, and they basically said to me, "You you need to drink this and eat this." Yeah. And I forced it. Like I've never see for someone who was morbidly obese and could eat six thousand calories. See trying to eat two boiled eggs when you're fucked. It took me about an hour to eat two boiled eggs. So do you think it was, was you think just your brain just trying to take everything in and just going because obviously you're thinking about eating healthy and you're just you're just everything. Yeah, and your, your nervous system is just shutting down. Everything's yeah, just went. and uh, and see, in all honesty, I've never really experienced hunger in my life. Yeah. True hunger. Yeah. I mean, I've been hungry, but I've never struggled. I've never been underweight. I was fat my whole life, and then all of a sudden. Even when I ate healthy, or I, what I thought was healthy, I used to do boxing training. I remember one time I got myself down to 12 and a half stone, not in a healthy way. So I thought that was healthy though. So I've never lived a healthy life, and all of a sudden I'm just away from my, my crutches of, I'll just eat that, I'll just drink that to feel better. Experiencing true hunger for the first time, and realising what, Wait a minute, I've went five days with no food and I'm actually alright. Like, it's not that bad. And also, another one you're saying about the no phone thing, I mean, that is now... Because mm-hmm. I used to get off the phone for a couple of weeks, go on holiday for a couple of weeks, but mm-hmm. now no matter, it seems like no matter where you go, there's still a Wi-Fi signal somewhere. Yeah, that was the closest thing. I felt like I was coming off a drug. I genuinely felt like I was coming off some form of drug when it had a physical impact on me. Like, almost borderline migraines from not having a mobile phone. And it gave me an awareness that when I go back, I need to sort that out. Mm. I'm on my phone all the time for podcasts now, but I don't really use Facebook. I don't use Twitter as much. Um, I don't watch porn as much either. Uh, Just... Even like, oh, and you're not supposed to have uh, 
fuck it, I'm just going to share with pals, aren't we? It's a full detox, so you're not supposed to have sex like a month before you go, and you're not supposed to masturbate either. So that was fucking horrific. So, so then you, so when you come back from that, which, which are, which, uh, you said something about a yazoo because I seen your stand up show. All you wanted was a yazoo, <laughs> a chocolate milkshake. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was just like, <laughs> I you, you start to crave stuff that you don't eat. Yeah. So, like. Even like, I don't want to get too in detail, but like, yeah. see, you don't realise how close we are to actual apes yeah. until you put yourself in that position. So see, when you don't masturbate in a couple of days, I never lasted the full time, by the way, but you do think like, oh, I'm going to be a mad shagger when I get back and all that. Because <laughs> it is, you feel like uh, you're in a wee prison cell or something, yeah. but then you start fantasising about food. And I was like, oh, I really want a chocolate yazoo with ice cubes. I'm going to get a glass. I'm going to freeze it in the freezer. I'm going to get ice cubes. I'm going to put chocolate milk in it. And I'm going to eat, uh, drink this chocolate milkshake. But then I was craving things like chicken nuggets. I never, ever eat chicken nuggets. Yeah. We like mayonnaise and stuff and cheese. But uh, I didn't hit the ground running when I came back as well. I actually put on a wee bit of weight. Like, because, you know, two weeks without anything, I just... Came you're back. Just coming back to a, a city of abundance. Yep. And to, you just get everything on tap. Yep. To a binge. And I actually did kind of feel like Tom Hanks and Castaway. Like, see ice in a glass. I was like, oh my God. Because I never had cold water for a month or something. That was another part of the detox. You can't drink cold water. See, even just taking shower. I never had a shower. Never had a. Never brushed my teeth properly. I was literally just abandoned in the jungle in a hut with a bed, um, a couple of candles. I had a, a self-help book regarding sobriety and I had a Bear Grylls book and I had a pad and a bit of paper and that's all I had. Did you get good material with it? I wrote a show. Yep. I wrote a show when I was there. Yeah. But what a strange, strange feeling, man, to go with it, all that stuff. I it was, was it overwhelmed. Would, would you recommend it to other people? No, I no. wouldn't. <laughs> what the fuck? Well, trip, Just go to IB for. Report. What would you give it in TripAdvisor? <laughs> Just save your money and go to IB for. Uh, <laughs> no, I would only recommend it to people who see if you want to go over for a laugh or banter, then it's going to rip your soul out of your body. Yeah, and you'll get punished for it. I, I believe that there's a connection. I wouldn't recommend it unless you feel like you really need it. Yeah. Um, there's a there's a few people that have got in touch with me, and I know that they felt the way I used to feel. Just mm. this urge to do it, and it was always in the back of my head. I certainly wouldn't recommend it. It's not for the faint-hearted. Yeah. It's actually pretty dangerous. Yeah. See if I wasn't so young at the time, I felt like I had youth on my side. But see if it was my dad that took it or an older person, I'd be like, they'd be fucked. They'd die. Yeah. Like yeah, to be in the jungle and go through a full detox. And to take ayahuasca six times, see if you're over 60, you're fucked. You'll die. Fuck's sake. So, that, so nobody, what was the oldest person that was in your group? Um, there, was an, there was an older guy there, but he had an illness. I won't, I won't say what yeah. he had, but um, his son was there and his son was part of the camp. So he was getting looked after, but he, even he struggled, man. Uh, oh, he he was struggling. I think he didn't struggle. Yeah, everybody was fucked. Because obviously, because you need a bit of weight on your side, but what if you were underweight and you tried to do that with that? 
oh, that was crazy to see. Mm. See, seeing some of the guys that we started off with and obviously they were healthy. Most of the people there, you know, into their yoga and all that kind of shit. And then after two weeks, they were just like skeletons. You ever done a yoga yourself? I've done some of the hot yoga. Yeah. But, um, you know, with a Kappa t-shirt on and my... Well, I had a, I had a back injury for a while. And um, it turned out after four months of absolute pain and waiting for a specialist to look at me. Because it was people saying, you know, at the festival scene, there's people going, oh, I can do a bit of Reiki or I was just like, stay away from <laughs> my back. Aye. Just everyone stay away until I get an actual NHS specialist. And it was about six months altogether away to, to get seen. And they just gave me some exercises I could have found on the website. But you're just hoping you're going to get given a, a magic pill. You just yeah. take it. But it was just a few exercises. And then technically the exercises is a form of yoga because you're technically just doing some stretches and stuff. Yeah. And now I know what now I can feel it like. See if I, see if I do I think I got a really bad injury moving moving amps at knocking Gorick or something. Um and that's where it came from. But now I can it's not went away, I've just fixed it. But I, I now notice if I see if I spend too long sitting down at the desk or whatever, I need to just do the yeah. exercises and stretch again. Just get getting older, I think, as well, man. Just just got to take got to look after yourself a bit better. I Definitely. Think. You know, when you're younger you've just got that last what is it, the last of I don't know. But you've got you've got you have so yeah, that that same that form of yoga, but yeah. I've, getting about the it's hot yoga. So hot yoga is actually like you're doing it all, but they've just put in a sauna. Yeah, t-shirt on, bottle of water. You're in for ninety minutes. It's very good. I loved mm. it. Even when I was heavy, I did it. Yeah, but I've not got ninety minutes. I can't do that. I've not yeah. got time for that. But I'd recommend it for anybody. I've did Ricky or Recky. Um, that was good. I ended up crying after it for some reason. Yeah. Fuck knows. But it was that's tough. a good sign, though. Yeah. for these things, isn't it? I felt great. I also did one of the major things that made me think, that made me go vegan, was I went into one of these, see when I fucked my back, climbing over that fence. Yeah. Uh, well, that's what happened. I climbed over the fence and fucked my back, basically. Yeah. Then I went into a Chinese herbalist shop, and they did, what's the ones they stick the pins? Acupuncture? Acupuncture, right. Right, so this guy, Chinese doctor was like sticking these pins in my back I could barely walk he could barely speak English I'm just trapped in this room and he's he got his grandson through to uh, what's it called to tell me what he was saying alright translate translate yep. so it's like this five year old Chinese child <laughs> translate <year> <laughs> I'm like lying there in my pants morbidly obese <coughs> My tits are hovering near the table, not like hanging off the side of the table. And he's like, uh, the, his granddad's speaking in Chinese, and then the kid's like, Yeah, too fat, too fat, need to lose weight, too fat. And I was like, I know. <laughs> but like, I'm not disagreeing with you, pal, but can you face the other fucking side of the wall? Yeah. That, that was a humbling experience. Uh, would, you, would you think about acupuncture? Did that help? No, it actually. See if I wasn't good natured, I'd have probably phoned the polis. I was like that. <laughs> that was a botched, very but. I went in, yeah, and see after it, I could literally barely walk. Yeah, I had to. I struggled. At one point, I was like, "How am I going to get my denims on? I can't bend. I can't yeah. move my legs." And so it uh, got much noticeably worse. Yeah, it got worse right? to the point that I got outside. I had to phone my pal, and I thought like I might have to go to the hospital here. Yeah, uh, but. You know, that was sobering as well, because I was like, a lot of this has got to do with my weight here. Aye. This is Well, I mean that's why I that's why I waited to get some NHS help on it because 
for I had just so much conflicting stuff, and I, I think back's interesting because it feels like some things work for some people and some things don't work for others. And you've yeah. got people that swear by acupuncture, yeah. and other people who say they didn't do anything, and other people who say just, just but yeah, probably seek, seek professional help first, and then yeah, and then maybe try, try these things out because you never know. There's, um, there's do, do one of many tools that can be used, but I would never recommend that to anyone. Maybe that was just a one-off bad experience I had, but uh, yeah, get the NHS first. So you're saying you're 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 busy. You don't have ninety minutes, so you don't have ninety. You're just doing what you're doing, focusing on the new you right, Scott Squad. Have you finished filming the new Scott Squad? Are you? No, no, but it's coming back this year, so yeah. I think it might be March. We're filming it in March. Yeah, uh, is, that, is that the fifth season? Six, six season. Man. Yeah. That's great, man. So, I mean, I have got 90 minutes, but see, by the time I go to hot yoga, you need, I mean, there's so much about hot yoga. You can't, you have to go in with an empty belly. You need to drink two litres of water before you go in. Then it's a 90 minute class, and then you have to sit and chill for about 20 minutes after it. Right. So, it's too much. And then how do you feel after? Do you just feel like pure relaxed? You, you feel just chill out? unbelievable. It's yeah, amazing. you feel good, but you, yeah. obviously that would rule out working after it. Yeah, I mean, because you're shattered and exhausted yeah. and starving as well. So, yeah. so I don't drive, so the time you get up your road, man, that's half your day. Yeah. Took up. But aye, I've got Scott Squad coming up. I've just been cast in a play called Damn No Billy, He's a Tim. With the wee man. Uh, the wee man. Yeah. And Chris Taylor at the auditorium this year. Um, hey, is, that, is, that, is that just a one a one day thing or is yeah it a... I think the, that's a big one and then there'll be four wee dates mm. nothing's been confirmed yet but that's um, been running for a wee while and this is the sequel isn't it yes so uh, yeah I remember the first one kicking about singing I'm not Billy he's a Tim yep. too yeah yeah it's been doing well yeah yeah because that's one of the I try not to do New Year's resolutions but it's to do more work this year I've, nothing's been 100% confirmed yet but I'm doing a tour this year as well a Scottish okay. a, a Scottish stand-up tour yeah. I think it's maybe 14 or 15 gigs oh, Aberdeen and Dundee and all that okay, uh, man. back at the Glasgow Comedy Festival in March yep get the plug in aye uh, the Stand Comedy Club it's a show it's going to be called Chuckle Town essentially what we spoke about there but with punchlines at the end of it <laughs> uh, and just that's it really but keep my head down just get on with it I've kind of realised see through the sobriety and the vegan veganism I don't get worried about work anymore Yeah, that I like to just be happy look after myself and then I do my work yeah that's the first goals brilliant man it's, uh, how did how did so Scott Squad's obviously that's six seasons man that's an achievement nobody gets commissioned for six seasons these days no it's like Joe was telling me the other day like it's over ten years it's, mate, I was still working in Asda when we done the pilot. How did that come about anyway? How did So I was an open spot comedian and I was doing pretty well as an open spot comedian, building myself up, mm. just gigging. At that point I was just loving gigging, gigging anywhere, wasn't getting paid. And uh if I was getting paid it was like, you know, pints or a tenner or something. And uh, I was gigging one night at a place called The Holt Bar in Woodlands Road. I remember The Holt, eh? Yeah. And Joe was in. By that time, I knew Joe. He was a runner in the comedy unit. And uh, I did a gig. And after it, Joe said, I'm working on this thing. Uh, we've got an audition on Friday at the comedy unit, if you want to do it. 
and I was just like, mate, I've kind of got work, and you don't really so- make it sound that appealing. I'm not that up for it. Yeah. But he spoke me into it, and I went in. Now, I'm kind of getting mixed up with what happened. I can't remember if I went in, and it was... Because there was two editions. I think the first one was, they say, pick a dafty. You're either a dafty or a, a police officer. Right. And you sit in front of Joe and another guy called Noddy, and you do 10 minutes. And then if you do well with that, they give you a second edition and it's a group edition and it's all improv, quick fire improv games. So the first edition was in front of Joe and Noddy and I just spoke about how I was a, a drug dealer smuggling cocaine through airports and the best way to swallow a condom full of cocaine was if you drink olive oil and all that kind of nonsense. And they were like, that's funny, but you've just spoke about your asshole for 10 minutes, so you kind of need to mix it up. And uh, the second one was just quick-fire improv games. I went in with the mentality of, I'll just treat it like a gig yeah. and have fun. I won't get too worried. That was my first ever edition anyway. Yeah. So I was like, nah. I, w- I went in and I seen all these actors getting nervous and worried and scared. And I was like, nah, I'm not going to... I've worked hard to get this mm. and I'm not going to ruin it with being nervous. And I had great fun. I had great, great fun. I remember getting some good laughs in the room. But what Joe did tell me was like, uh, you were too mental. Like, you were too cartoonish and dead surreal. You could never be a police officer. And I thought, oh no, I've, I've not got this. Yeah, you could be a dafty. That's what he said. <laughs> he only took us five months to tell us that. But uh, Then we created the character together me and joe did it together joe basically came up with this concept of you will be a local nuisance who runs into a police station and you will annoy a police officer that's yeah. what he said and then the two years sat together and we created bobby muir together yeah. uh, bobby was a nickname that a comedian gave me uh gus Lumburn used to call me bobby all the time and i thought it was funny for some reason yeah. and muir uh, was a guy, you might have heard of him, the Reverend Obadiah Steppenwolf. Oh, yeah, yeah. So his name, his real name is Jim Muir. And I thought a wee tip of the hat to a comedy genius. Yeah. And then we just came up with the rest of it. The oh, rest is history. It is indeed, man. It's like, it's it's a, a, it's so mainstream. Everyone knows it. Do you know what I mean? It's yeah. like everybody. So do you get do you get stopped in the street as Bobby? or You don't, you don't look like Bobby, though. You know, I love you for saying that, mate. That means a lot. <laughs> No, you know, but, I, would, I wouldn't. I would, you know. I mean, I don't. I don't. You know. I. I know. I know. The oil you're really doing is putting on a pair of glasses. <laughs> but <laughs> that, that's the thing. Those glasses are my old glasses. I yeah. used to wear them when I was younger. Mm. Proper NHS specs. That's another reason why I went on the health kick and grew the beard and stuff. Yeah, we've got the beard as well. So I mean, right yeah, now, you've got. You don't because I was like, I don't get much else acting work, even though I'm trying. I'm, yeah. I, there's a thin line. Am I going to get typecast? Is this me? You know, people don't realise that Bobby was a character at one point. So I was like, nah, time to lose a bit of beef, yeah. grow a beard and getting about it. So you, you just been doing a few editions? Not much, no. really. I mean, it's so... Have you, got, have, have you got an agent and stuff? Yeah, I've got an agent, aye. And she's lovely. I love... I've got uh, free agents, actually. Free, free cracking women that are always behind me and yeah. always have my back. But you know, obviously, Scott, you're so busy. I mean, if you add up Scott Squad, the time that takes pantomime, yeah, and, and it, your comedy stuff, then you know, there's no, there's no loads of time, really, is there? Yeah, mate. And you know what? The pool was so small in Scotland that. 
people will always be like, "Yeah, why don't you get on River City?" And you're like, "I mate, if life was that easy, or still game, get on a still game. Can Bobby go on still game? Jack and Victor and Bobby's a wee cousin. Like uh, Kevin Bridges. Aye, I know. I know, <laughs> mate. Just have a chat with Kevin Bridges and. Aye, I seen him in a pub the other day, and I'll phone him right. <laughs> I'll phone him, get him to get you on that live at the Apollo, mate. It's, if only people even with River City like River City is a great show yeah but there's 20,000 actors in Scotland and what gives me the right to get a part in River City I'm not even a trained actor I'm not doubting myself and putting myself down but people are desperate and there's not a lot of work out there so I'm yeah. quite happy with what I'm getting oh, you, aye, you're doing great man I mean at River City as well I imagine that would be such a demanding schedule as well oh yeah it's you know if you're doing crazy it's like or any soaps any soaps at all mm-hmm. you know what I mean it's a, it's a, it's a lot so it, it, so I've got I've actually got a couple of questions for, yes I know that you're running out of time um, but we've got some questions for the for the page because we get but we post on our, our group so it's like we, we've got Patreons and if you want to support the show you can go to patreon.com forward slash you call that radio and so I messaged them today to say you get any questions for, for Dan so let's just see what they've said um, two seconds man. why don't you get on River City why don't you get on River City you heard the Billy Connolly He's a, he does the comedy. You should just get a hang with Billy Connolly. <laughs> Billy Connolly's vegan. <laughs> Brilliant. Brilliant. Okay, so don't. Um, so you um, and um, try to just do a, a quick plug for your um, for your your comedy gig while we do this. Yes, I am gigging at the Glasgow International Comedy Festival at the Stand Comedy Club on March half ten. And my show is called Chuckle Town. It's Friday the 12th and Saturday the 13th of March. Half 10 on a Friday and half 6 on a Saturday. It's going to be good. One hour of new material. I can't wait to get into it, mate. Good stuff. I'm going to try and see if I can get a a ticket off you for the raffle. Aye, no worries. You can get two tickets, man. I don't want somebody coming (laughs) along myself. That'd be weird. Okay, man. It'll still cost them 50 quid each, but... Aye, 50 no, quid. No, no worries, mate. I'll give you two tickets That'd for the great, Saturday. Superb. Well, we've got... So, uh, yeah, man. So, this is... Um, I've got a couple of questions in here. Um, Lorna Love shouts to Lorna. She says, I'd like to know whether the Wolf hoodies and T-shirts are his own or whether they belong to Scott Squad's wardrobe department. <laughs> See, now you know why I've grew the beard and yeah. got the contacts in. <laughs> um, that's the costume department, even though I probably would wear them in real life. I don't know where they get them from, actually. I think they get them from South America. Something outrageous. I I, it might mother, be. Mother Aya, Mother Aya. Hi. What's the math? <laughs> um, Sandy, Sandy Pentland. She's a rapper called Astronaut. Young young rapper coming through the scene. She's saying, how long did it take you to fully commit to your lifestyle change? I've noticed he's lost a lot of weight and became vegan and stuff. And I'm currently struggling to commit to the changes I'm trying to make. Well, that is very kind of you, pal. Thank you for the compliment. Um, I think what you need to do is just not set yourself... Just be kind to yourself. Small, achievable goals instead of massive, you know, ones that won't be achieved. It's just you're setting yourself up for failure. 
Um, I I fell into it, you know. Ah, you first if if she wants to be a vegan, you just start having oat milk instead of normal milk. Do you know that's one thing that the oat milk's actually good. Yep, it's because uh, I remember that was I tried soya milk years ago. Yeah, I wasn't very impressed with that, but uh, oat milk and was another one. Uh, almond almond milk's amazing yeah really good in a coffee yeah so just start off with things like that yeah. F- look at your fridge and think right what can I make it vegan take away milk and replace it with oat milk it last longer as well and you'll save money mm. um, if you want butter just get olive oil butter instead of regular butter um, you can get vegan cheese I mean none of it is really good for you anyway but yeah. see if you just want to make that transition just You're go on, for it, what's it is it the, which the What's the pickled stuff you're on about? The pickled cabbages and stuff. Oh, get, fermented food. Fermented food. Because that's right. like the, when, when I was in South Korea and we had a lot of that stuff and it was lovely. Mm-hmm. We're going to be a K. Kimchi. Kimchi, I think it was. Kimchi, like, man. Yep. It's pickled cabbage. Where do, you, where, where do you get that stuff? You're not getting that in the... You can get it in Glasgow. Aye. So you can get it from... Uh, you can go to Kimchi Cult, which is a wee Korean restaurant, oh, cool. and get it as a side. Or you can buy it from a place in Glasgow called Quality Vitamins and Herbs. I used to go in there all the time. Just got a big jar it. Yeah, man. And uh, that's, see, gut health, gut health is a major, major thing. There's a lot of people that are depressed in Scotland and I believe that it's just through an awful diet. And stomach. And lifestyle. See, in Asia, they're so ahead of us in so many ways. They say that your gut is your second brain. Yeah. So, You've got two brains, the brain and your heart. They say, well, it might even be three brains. They say that your heart's like a brain. So, and there's a lot of science coming up. And obviously, this is we've been told that for centuries. Yeah, but this is uh, science is now starting to say yeah. that a lot of the old adages are actually buying on. Yeah, and it's true. See the term "you are what you eat." It's true. Um, when I started eating all that stuff, I'm used to it now. But when I started eating kimchi and sauerkraut, drinking kombucha. Uh, not eating junk food, I almost felt like a mild euphoria, like a mm. happiness. It was just, you know, just well, be kind to yourself. Don't do anything hard. What about this for a theory? So if you're on, so if your gut health is a brain, and you're on stomach pills like you know, a meprazole or something to stop heartburn, acid reflux, could that affect your gut instinct and make you make bad decisions? I would agree with you there. Yeah, I read something the other day. Um, that it wasn't paracetamol. What's the other one? Ibuprofen. It might be that that there's something in that that affects your gut biome. Yeah. So, how many people would take that? I mean, I used to be a tradesman. Yeah. Your your back and your legs are fucked every day. You're taking it every day. Yeah. There was actually nothing I wanted about as well. It can affect your empathy as well. So if you're on just small people, the way people react differently if they're taking. Mm-hmm. Placebos could be the ibuprofen, yeah. so you could be maybe affecting it if you're, if you're taking it. But at the end of the day, if you're in pain, you need to take pain. Obviously, but yeah, but just just these are these are long term things. We're not really looking into that much. Yeah. But I would say like uh, just try and eat as raw as possible. Like have a salad. You know, I, sometimes I fucking scud a full onion mate, with a salad, a red onion. No bother. Yeah. Just get. You can never get enough of the good stuff. See, never calorie count things like. A meathead guy was like that to me. Um, it's it's all about calories in and <clears throat> calories out. You could put on weight eating broccoli, and I said to him, "Well, how much fucking broccoli do you need to eat to put on weight? Do you know what I mean? Yeah, you'd probably die if you ate that much broccoli. 
to put on weight, you can never ever get enough of the good stuff. Just get. And the thing is, well, a lot of people think about you can be a bit overweight if you're eating well when you're and you're doing exercise. And what does it matter? Yeah, everybody's different. Plus, know? who cares anyway? I mean, I I've been obsessed with my weight my whole life because yeah. of what other people think yeah. and what other people tell me. Just what I feel. If you're feeling good, then go for it. Yeah. Um, I fucking last time I was a thirty-four in the waist was when I was twenty-one. Yeah. I'm. That's a humble brag, mate. Humble brag. Yeah. Like we like the humble brags in here. And the last thing. I was going to ask you is about because you said I seen you said you were going to try and make an attempt to watch the wrestling again. Yeah, because obviously you were in the wrestling and stuff. So what was that? What was that like, man? You you were in the ICW. You took a, a bump. And yeah, uh, Grado was putting on a family show at yeah. the Pavilion, and it was on the same day that I had a show at East Cobride that night, a stand-up show. And he just said, "We'd like you to come along, pretend that you're Bobby. You go and." Take a bump because I did a wee bit of training anyway, uh, even though it wasn't for years. And it oh, was, you got you, for wrestling training? Yeah, the at the asylum. The, oh, did you just go yeah, for it? I did. Was that just to get fitter? Were you considering that as a thing? It was a bit of everything, to be yeah. honest. Uh, and I did get fit, but and I lost a bit of weight, but I get injured during it. I get yeah. injured mid run. And I just had this kind of thing, like, I'm self-employed, this is hardcore, I, yeah. I won't be getting paid. Uh, yeah, yeah, you need to work, you need to do a lot of work before you Yeah, know, so. I had to go up to stockpile an injury, I can't remember what the injury was called, but it was my entire right side of my body was basically sprained. And it was just like, oh, I can't do this. At the time I was washing windows, I was a window cleaner, so I was struggling to pick up the ladders and stuff, and yeah. I... I had, I did have a, I don't know if I can fully commit to this, but doing that show at the Pavilion that day was fantastic. Yeah, running into a ring, taking a bump, a good bump as well. By the way, I was proud of it. Yeah, and uh, aye, you can find it online. I think it's on. It's a video of you. Yeah, getting it. get a couple of gasps from the audience because <laughs> I don't think they expected it. No, I mean the guy was so big compared to me as well. He was probably twice my size. And I ran right into him, and I was like, "Wow, that is ran ran into a brick wall with that." And then they chucked me at the ring, and I loved it. I'm I'm in a position where I probably wouldn't seek it, but if Dallas did say, "Would you like to be a manager?" Yeah. Or do you want to come and do a wee cameo? I'm always going to say yes. Yeah. It's a, it looks like good fun as long as you're not taking too much. Yeah. I mean, it's panto on steroids, really, isn't it? Yeah, panto. Panto with violence. Aye. <laughs> aye. It is a, you, you do get sounds. I've had a, I've had a couple. I've had a, I got a close line for Grado before, and it was actually agony. Before I fell at the ring, just the way I fell, just a, it was a, yeah. People say, don't call it fake, man. It's not fake. It's something else. No, no. It's, <laughs> it's, 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 it's no fake. It's real. It's real. Yeah. It's scripted, but it's real, yeah. real pain people I mean, are getting. You could call everything fake then. Yeah. You could say um, bands are fake. See, that's Scottish Squad, mate. That's fake. I know. See, that's good. I know. That's, that's, that's scripted. I've, I've seen wrestling go wrong as well. Yeah. I've seen people getting injured. No, I've right. seen people getting injured at training and they're uh, professional stuntmen. Yeah. See, when you go and do training at the the school yeah. and you get slapped in the chest and they hit you, mm. you're still getting fucking slapped. <laughs> it's just how to deal with it. Yeah, it's not like special effects or anything, you know Yeah. I mean? And also, it's just quite an interesting, like, the, obviously I've not really watched wrestling that much, but the ICWs have been a breath of fresh air, uh-huh. and also, but, but back in the day, some of the script stories are absolutely incredible, and there's a, a lot of writing behind that. I mean, it'd be quite good, to, it'd be quite good fun to try and write something like that, wouldn't it? 
Oh yeah, man. I I love. That's what I wanted to be when I was younger. I wanted yeah. to be a wrestler. I loved the British Bulldog, the Own Heart, the Heart Foundation. I actually ended up on a YouTube black hole the other night, just watching all the Bulldog uh, clips, yeah. finding myself getting emotional while watching it. Yeah, just realizing how big that was a part of my childhood. And it planted a seed way wanting to be a performer. Like, obviously, you're young and you don't know what it is, but you're yeah. like, oh, I want to do it. I want to do that. Yeah. Whatever that is, I want to do that. And how did, when did you start writing your comedy material? When did that come about? I went and done a TV production course. Uh, I wanted to do drama, but I was too shy. And I cancelled the audition. Mm. So I went and did TV production and sound recording. Because in my silly mind, I thought that that would still be acting. Yeah. And it isn't. And about three, four months into the course, I lost interest. And at that stage of my life, right up until I started doing stand-up, I was so manic and always trying to make people laugh. And a guy in the course was like, you should try stand-up comedy. And I didn't know what it was. I didn't know what that word meant. I knew that Eddie Murphy did it because of Raw and Billy Conley. And that was it. I've never heard of the Stand Comedy Club. I never knew you could get comedy clubs or anything like that. And he was like, eh, the Stand do an amateur night. You could go down and do five minutes. All you need to do is write five minutes of material. And a, a light bulb went off in my head. I was like, oh, these crazy thoughts that are going through my head at 100 miles per hour. I can structure that and put that into a set. And that's how I get fascinated by stand-up. Then I found out about the stand, started going to the stand comedy club every single night on dates with my pals, every mate, and then all my mates started getting sick of it. Then I started going myself, and then I built up the courage to email the stand. I get five minutes at a red draw one night. And same again, mate, as everything in my life, I never hit the ground running. My first gig was fucking awful, you know. Yeah. I died in my arse. I was steaming. I was socially awkward. I didn't know what to do in front of, of a crowd of 200 people. 200 people? Yeah. To be, to be to such a shy wee guy in front of that straight away just mm. made me buckle. Um, I never, I lost my confidence. I never did that again until I was probably 22. Yeah. And it was like, it was so bad. I felt like I can't, like, that I again. can't, but I can't. How did, how did you? How did you know it went so bad when you're that steaming? Would you not just 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 have? I, I had a self awareness. Yeah. Even though, because I was like, I know I'm no this shite. Mm. Like I knew that. Like there's no way I'm this shite. It's just because I've never done it before, and I don't know how to do it. See mm. if I show this game and industry the respect that it deserves, I'll eventually figure something out. Yeah. But when you're up there and you're so nervous and your body starts to shake and you don't know how to hold a microphone properly, see when you're in fight or flight, yeah. you forget how to speak. So, But I did go back to it and think that that first gig can't be my first and last time. If I go back and it's shite, I'll never do it again. I'll get it one more time. Went back, I got another five minutes. This time I didn't go with any friends. Uh, I never got steaming. But I was, again, I was so nervous. I never did five minutes. I did about three minutes. Mm. But I get two big laughs. And it was enough to think, I've good. got something yeah. there. So, but then life came up. Mental 
illness and depression, mm-hmm. jobs, trying to get a steady job, relationship problems. Yeah. I was like, nah, fuck it, I've not got time to commit to this. Then I went and did a comedy course. Started finding out about the circuit. Started finding out about... Who was, was the comedy course? Was it, it was Charlie Rossi's comedy course at the Metropolitan College. He doesn't do it anymore. And it's same again. Nobody can teach you how to be funny. You're either yeah. funny or you're no funny. Although you're saying earlier on that off, off, with it, Viv G, we're talking about how Viv G. Viv G, everyone says Viv G's course is amazing. Amazing. It's one of the yep. best. And the best have went through her course. I'd recommend that to anybody who wants to do stand-up, actually. Go and do her course. But Charlie taught me well, and he did say, by that point I was doing, I think I did about 13 red draws, and I was in his course, and I says, mate, I've done fair, I've 13 red draws, and he done that, you don't need to do this course. I was like, I don't know anything about this industry though. So he taught me like what an open spot was, what a main support was, green room respect, all that kind of Green room shit. respect? Yeah, just don't be a dick in a green room. <laughs> like, you must get it's it. It's funny that you've actually got an entire bit in the comedy scene because most people must just be dicks often in the green room. I, I mean, you know it yourself. Like, this is your job. Yeah. Like, doing music is your job. Yeah. So if somebody's doing it as a kind of, oh, let's just get mad with it at the weekend, and you're like, no, wait a minute, mate. This yeah. is, we're trying to run a gig here. This is a night. Yeah, well, I mean, we... we selling tickets. Yeah, we did, um, we, the early one, in the early days, we... We certainly like to have a few a few sh- shandies. Yeah, myself included, by yeah. the way. I'm not preaching. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I can imagine that, especially with comedy, people obviously, they're doing comedy f- for a laugh. Yeah. But there's, it's about defining what a laugh is. You yeah. know what I mean? You're doing so, because comedy is. Yeah, and plus, By definition, a yeah. laugh. But you're just going to, it's going to attract, like, you know, people that are the funny guy in their crowd of friends that mm-hmm. aren't necessarily comedians but yeah. they're just the funny guy for their pals so they might have a bit of banter but yeah. how does that translate to actually being a professional uh-huh and plus if people work monday to friday and they're getting a friday night out they want to go to a comedy club have a laugh they don't want to watch somebody that's just kind of half arse and fucking about steaming on stage you yeah. know people are there to get entertained mm. and then you can get steaming after the gig like do whatever you want after the gig so I had to learn about all that kind of shit and think oh maybe I'm not showing this the what? respect that yeah I mean I, I, I've, I've got utmost respect for it I'd love to do it one day but like I said I'd want to wait till I'm actually good enough to do it and yeah because you know I've watched I've watched comedy go bad man I mean you get bad gigs in every every industry yeah but the comedy bad gigs seem to be just a bit worse than <laughs> than like you know Aye. someone having a bad musical gig there's usually something that you can take away from a musical gig, whether it's the drummer's good or yeah. something, all right. But when comedy was bad, it's it's quite hard to watch. <laughs> I've been there. Thankfully, it's not been like that for a while. But I, it's good. Um, that course was great because I entered a competition called the Scottish Comedian of the Year. And uh, you won. Uh, you call that Radio Comedian of the Year? I don't know if you've heard this yet. Who? You won it. Did I? Aye. I should have brought you a wee plaque or something. But who, when, when? Well, I just, I just gave you the award at the last, the last show. Honestly, aye. So congratulations! You're the, <laughs> you call that radio's first ever comedian of the year? Yeah. You, you put that in your CV. Brilliant. I'm gonna make you a certificate or something. No, that's cool. Yeah. Thank you very much. So what was it? Uh, but the Scottish comedian of the year—that's quite a big deal, though, isn't it? Yeah, it was a big deal. Um, I was like Charlie said, um, you've missed the cut-off date for this competition. Uh, but I know the promoter. Do you want in? I mm. could say to him. 
and Charlie entered as well, and I entered, and I got to the final, and so did Charlie, and. How, how did they decide the final? Because obviously we've got battle with the bands and stuff. But it was like crowd vote, just crowd vote and judges vote. So I get to the final of the O2 Academy on my 50th gig in front of 900 people, I think. Was it 900? And I, that was my 50th. And then for the next year, I got about 150 gigs without asking anybody. And then, you know, you just find your voice and yeah. work it out. And when you're just for actually writing as a comedian, do you just write? You get do you just get a good line and then work your way back from it, or do you or do you just? Yeah, I try to keep it. I mean, I've got a lot, a lot of things that I set in place that other people might think I'm mental, but you know what? It works for me. Um, I don't write out my stuff word for word because it, if it becomes scripted, then I think it just doesn't feel genuine. Also, you can trip yourself over it if you're scripting something. Uh huh. So if you if you if you've actually got a specific way you're wanting to see it, yeah. Then if you just get a word out of place and it starts getting a bit back to front, uh huh. So like I'll go and I'll record my stuff. I'll have it in my phone, recording in my pocket. So say if you looked at my set list, you would see my set list, and there would be bullet points, and it would be sobriety underneath it, vegan underneath it, Peru underneath it. Hairy tits, do you know what I mean? Uh, and, it, and then I'd be like, Right, I'm going to go up and talk about veganism for 10 minutes. I don't really know what I'm going to say, but I'll go up and start talking about it. And then I think that get a laugh that can grow from there. And then I'll work it out, yeah, and write it out that way. You're you you going to do a couple of warm ups before you do your big gig. Oh, yeah, I'm doing big, I'm doing new material nights right now. I just did a new material night at the stand last week. It was, I heard uh, it went really well. It went well, mate. It was the vegan gorilla and chums. I hosted it with five other comedians, very, very funny comedians. Glasgow needs new material nights, yeah, and I haven't compared much, even though I've been doing stand up for about 10 years. I haven't hosted. And I was like, no, I need to start doing things this year that I wouldn't normally do. And hosting was one of them. I went up and I loved every single second of it. Hopefully I can turn that gig into a regular thing mm. and just get people that I love to yeah. try out new material. Well, I'm trying out new material. But the main purpose that I did that was to for my Glasgow Comedy Festival show. Um, because when that's there in March, it has to be a polished yeah. hour of material. And do you just do you ever just pop up at open mic nights or something just to try things out? Or do you... Yeah, mate, I'm I'm good to go, man. Anywhere, yeah. like yeah. especially this year, like being pretty laid back the last couple of years. But I would walk into a pub and see if there's a band on or something. I'd be like, can I do ten minutes? Yeah. Um, I'll go anywhere to try new material, mate. I don't care. Would you? Do you know a wee bit? The band crowds, live music crowds, that can go either way, can it? Oh yes, I mean it's a disaster, but it's good for <laughs> the old uh, character building. Also, if you, if, you get a, if you get a laugh in a live music crowd, you know that you're onto something. <laughs> aye, aye. Okay, cool, man. Right, well, that's, um, that's us at quarter past five, man. I know you've got to get away, so. Mm-hmm. Um, anything else, man? Any, any final thoughts? Um, nothing really else. I'm actually taking my nephews for a pizza tonight because they were in... Are you, you know, making them vegan pizza? Vegan cheese? No, they're eating normal pizza. Are they allowed? Are they? Aye, be bastards. <laughs> um, they were in a show called Dead Waterfell. With David Tennant. Right, oh the, yeah, aye. They get cast in that, so. Is that the one that was shot in Irving? At I some think point? some of it was, yeah. aye. A, I think the one, I th- I'm, unless I'm getting mixed up, but I know there's a, a girl from Irving who's just moved 
no, she lives in London, but she she's from Irvine originally, and she brought oh, really? the show back with David Tennant. But I, I hope ah. maybe I've got them mixed up. I don't know. I will. Um, my sister-in-law answered a open casting call on Facebook, and then they get cast in it as main characters. Really? So the only reason I'm taking them is so I can try and get work. <laughs> <laughs> but what a surreal feeling, man. Aye. We we Bradley is only five, and Aaron's like eight, and they've been cast in this Channel Four drama. It's mental. Hit the, they've hit the ground running. I know. I'm like, you won't be doing a fucking panto and Dundee. We dicks. <laughs> right, well, thanks very much for doing this, mate. And we'll see you on March the... 12th. March the 12th at the stand. Nice one, mate. Thank you very much.